tweet at TodaySOR. We're going to look at matters stateside now and I'm joined on the line by the New York Times columnist Maureen Dowd. Good morning to you, Maureen. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Sean. Let's start, probably as always, we've got to start talking about the President, Donald Trump, and his moving strategy. <laughs> That's uh, the way he would like it. Um, well, he often gets what he wants, doesn't he? Um, on coronavirus, yes, he, he really has started to attack China very, very strongly, saying that this is like Pearl Harbor that the United States is in now. It's all their fault. They could have stopped it. I mean, what's his, what's his strategy there? Well, you know, Republicans for quite a number of decades now have succeeded in campaigns by demonizing the other. And the other usually has a different color skin. For instance, with Bush Sr. and Michael Dukakis, they had the Willie Horton crime case. You know, uh, they turned him into a household name. You know, as Lee Atwater, George Bush Sr.'s strategist said, we'll make it seem as though Willie Horton is Michael Dukakis's running mate. Then Bush Jr. and Dick Cheney used Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda's coming to get you if you don't elect us. And um, in the, his first campaign, Trump used Obama as a birther. You know, let's see his birth certificate. He wasn't really born here. That's how Donald Trump came to prominence. And so now it's going to be the Chinese. Mike Pompeo, the defense secretary, is floating this uh, conspiracy theory that their own intelligence people have disputed that the virus was uh, made in a lab in Wuhan. You know, it was a bioweapon because that makes the Chinese scarier. They were coming after us. So, so the, And also Biden and Obama you know, had a different relationship with the Chinese. So Trump hasn't approved the attack ad about Biden and the Chinese yet, but he's on the cusp of it. So you think that's where it's going to go. But do you think this will be sufficient, Maureen, to divert or distract attention from President Trump's own omissions in responding to the coronavirus and in effectively brushing it off as something fairly minor at the outset? Well, it's interesting because he's using all the tools in his toolbox that he's had for his whole career. If if something goes wrong, you know, it's not his fault. He deflects. He creates a bigger distraction. He blames other people. He's doing all that. He's trying to blame other administrations. He's trying to blame China. Honestly, you know, when you see pictures every day of nurses wearing garbage bags, in the ER and diapers instead of protective masks because Trump was trying to hide. And admittedly, China hid the early figures, but then the White House was informed in January. And, you know, I went to Mardi Gras, and that was late February, and I covered the White House. I had not heard that the coronavirus had arrived here or was about to arrive here. I mean, Trump hid all that because his main thing was the stock market. He was terrified that the stock market numbers were going to go down. And he was just manipulating everything to make sure that that didn't happen. And, you know, that kind of con man approach can work with other things. But in science, it doesn't work. Because as Anthony Fauci, you know, our national treasure said, the virus, you know, is going to do what the virus wants. 
which suggests that people could and should rightly feel betrayed, if you like, by by President Trump failing to wake up to its the dangers of it um, in a way that he would be maybe made to pay a very high price at the polls. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this because in other major national disasters like 9-11 and then the uh, 2008 collapse of the economy, I think that Americans have a sense of fairness, and they felt that they were going to reelect those presidents so they could get the job done, that they'd started on the job, but it was such a massive job that they needed the continuity. But in the case of Trump, I'm not sure, because, you know, I was sick a couple weeks ago, and I thought it was the virus, but then it turned out, I think, just to be some kind of ferocious flu. But when you are sick... In a, with a life and death sickness, and you look at, at Trump through that prism, you just are in a rage because he was protecting himself at the cost of lives. You know, he's so obsessed with numbers from the very first time I covered him 30 years ago. It's all about numbers. And, you know, he even put a fake floor in Trump Tower so that it would seem higher. Everything is sort of fake numbers, the biggest, the best. And he did that with this. He didn't go by the science. You know, in this week, he was trying to ease out Dr. Fauci, who is now the most respected person in the country. And even his own friends called him and said, you can't do that. Somebody else you've covered for a long number of years, Maureen, is uh, Joe Biden, the presumed Democratic candidate uh, to oppose Donald Trump uh, come the November presidential election. Now, uh, how well placed is he, in your view, to take him out? Bearing in mind, particularly in recent times, uh, the increasing noise around accusations of uh, sexual assault against him by a woman called Tara Reid. Right. Well, I started covering Joe Biden back during the Anita Hill hearings. And in that case, you know, he was trying to help Anita Hill, but in such an inept way, he was swayed by his Republican colleagues and he ended up shutting down the hearings before her corroborating the women who were her corroborating witnesses appeared. At that point, he didn't really understand the issue of sexual harassment at all. And he still, in a way, doesn't seem to because he doesn't have good advice on how to handle this. You know, he was kind of, he's hiding, (laughs) he's in a basement because of the virus. At some point, you have to address these things. And the Democrats are in a cage of their own making. Because at the time of Brett Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford, Christine Gillibrand and other Democratic women said, and Joe Biden said, you know, women must be believed. If they come forward, they must be believed. You know, it's a put down to women to say we can't lie and scheme and be as bad as men. We can. So you, it isn't that all women must be believed. It's that all women must be given the chance to have their stories examined. The stories cannot be dismissed. There was an op-ed in the Times this week that was very telling by David Axelrod and David Clough, the two wizards who uh, achieved the Obama victory. And they were calling Joe Biden basement man and saying that, that if he doesn't kind of rise above this idea that he's a guy trapped in a basement, he's got to have better, more modern kind of social media tropes and, and a bit more imaginative campaign. He's surrounded by a bunch of good old boys that he's had around him his whole life. And his campaign is not 
nimble or imaginative. The funny thing is, his numbers are good, but it's the less you see him, the more people like him. And with Trump, it's the opposite. The more you see him, the less you like him. Just on the sexual accusations, uh, are people in the media, perhaps in the liberal media in the United States, inclined to be maybe more sympathetic to Joe Biden than they were to Brett Kavanaugh because his ideas and his outlook and his record is perhaps more aligned to their own than Kavanaugh's was? Oh, exactly. That's what happened with the feminists. They pushed Anita Hill into the spotlight because they wanted to stop Clarence Thomas. So she was just a pawn. Same with Christine Blasey Ford. They wanted to stop Brett Kavanaugh. So they pushed her out there and pre-believed her. So now they seem like hypocrites because a lot of these same women, like Christine Gillibrand, you know, and a lot of, like Elizabeth Warren, who were believing Brett Kavanaugh's accuser, are saying, you know, no, this woman is very sketchy and she seems kind of crazy and it's more important to defeat Donald Trump. So they just come across as hypocrites. Assuming that the lockdown will end um, sooner rather than later and Joe Biden can emerge and go campaigning uh, other than from his basement, how do you see things panning out through the summer months into the autumn, say in states, the key ones like, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan and Ohio, where Trump did particularly well against the grain last time? I, I don't know. I just think this is something that this country, you know, my mom lived through the Spanish flu. It happened when she was 10 and then it came back. And our office isn't opening till September, and that's when it's supposed to come back. And I don't know if Trump will go ahead and have a convention. He probably will, because he's so monomaniacal. But uh, it's hard for me to imagine that we're really going to have any kind of campaign. And Biden is sort of inept at the basement campaign he's doing. So it'll just depend on how Trump is doing. And Trump is the most self-destructive person I've ever seen. You know, I mean, he's a great con man, but he also every day is constantly self-destructing. And so it's more about him than it, you know, it's him against him more than him against Biden. To what extent might uh, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, uh, who's been very prominent and somebody who's been uh, winning the confidence of the people there with his daily news briefings, might he be seen as a plan B for the Democrats? Well, the problem there is that, um, you know, I covered his father. His father was the governor of New York who decided not to run for president at the last minute. He had two planes waiting outside, and we called him Hamlet on the Hudson. He could never make up his mind. But he, Andrew was more of the inside guy. He didn't have his father's charm or rhetorical gifts, but he's really shined in this situation because he is going with the science. And he's talking very calmly, he's living with his three daughters and talking about how the family dynamic works. And that's what people want from Trump. They don't want all that rah-rah cheerleading stuff. They want, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly truth of what the virus is doing. But Biden has already said he's going to pick a woman. So Andrew couldn't be the vice president. Maureen Dowd, as ever, it's great to hear your voice. Thank you so much indeed for talking to us. Thank you, Sean. We're going to miss you so much. (laughs) Maybe not that much. Thank you.